So today is the, uh, the last of the series on making disciples, uh, and I'm looking forward to this series, the end of this series, not the end of the work, but the end of the work that the Holy Spirit has done for us during these eight weeks. I was thinking about the conversation with uh, a daughter, uh, a woman, uh, who wanted to know why, uh, why her father took her own life during this, it's this about this holiday season. Um, and she wanted to know where her father is, what had happened to her. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about a young man who is struggling and looking for meaning in his life. Um, He has a good job. He's a doctor, but he doesn't have a wife. And he is praying to God, what is his next step in life? So I was thinking about loneliness. I was blessed by a miracle this morning too. I've been talking to a great guy for a long time. But today it hit me again what a miracle it is. He was sharing about how his father took his own life. And his mother dabbled in the witchcraft. And despite all these things, he is standing in the middle in the blessing of God. The question is, do we live? Do you live? Or, or are you just existing? Do you live or are you existing? See, there is a lot of difference between living and existing. So at the end of this series, I want to talk about why you should choose living over existing and how you can do that how you can choose living over existing and what does it look like because we've been talking about Paul Paul in this he is coming to final journey in his work and his life too and he called the elders in Ephesus and the disciples to come because he couldn't go to Ephesus anymore he was in Miletus and said, I have shown you how you should live. I have shown to you how to live. And today we want to talk about how to live in this challenging, difficult time. When you are facing so many struggles in your life. Choosing living over existing. So are you ready? Are you ready for the Spirit of God to speak to you? Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. So you know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. This is a powerful statement. This is a powerful, powerful statement. This is the statement I would like to say to my sons and my daughter every day. 
And if they have trouble in their life, and if they have doubts about their life, and they come to me, and I can say to them, just look at me and the way I live, and follow the things that I do, and you'll be okay. That's what I want to say every day to them, right? But that's not the case all the time. Your pastor is not a superhero and not a super pastor. He's a super sinner. Right? Yes. No, yeah, I'm a super sinner, a chief of all the sinner. And I love God. And I want to show that how God can take our mess and mistake and turn into something beautiful. Are you with me? Right? Yes. So now you started thinking, what sin pastor committed again? <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Be compassionate. Be compassionate. <laughs> right? So the main point today is, after hearing this making disciple, uh, what do I do? Is what you've been asking. How do I choose life? You know, I decided to become a follower of Jesus. And I'm telling you to step into the Great Commission with faith. That's what you do. If you want to start living, you step into the Great Commission with faith. And you will see that your life will change. So, how is God working in our life? I want to celebrate because in these eight weeks, we had one conversion. And we're praying for more. We had three baptisms. And we have seven members gained. And then five, maybe six, are ready for baptism. Somebody? Yeah? I wish we can have every series like this. Do you know why this happened? Do you know why this happened? Because you chose to live in faith for God. And you chose to step up and step out in faith to say, I don't know how to make a disciple. But I am willing to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and ask Him to help me how to do it. And you see what happens, see, church? When you step into the Great Commission with faith, this is what happens. This is what happens, church. When you are starting or when you are busy living for Christ, And he is in charge of the outcome. God calls you to be obedient. Not to be worried for the outcome. But you step into the great commission with faith. And he will take care of the outcome. And the outcome is this. The outcome is the testimony that you hear here. And more testimony to come. How I kept nothing that was helpful and proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as you go, as you live, the default is that God has converted you. Conversion is the first step for you to go or before even to go as a disciple. 
What that conversion means? It's not a conversion of other people. It's not a conversion of your friend. It's not a conversion of your neighbor. It's not a conversion of the church. It's not a conversion of the organization. It's not a conversion of the world. It's the conversion of yourself. When God changed you and convert you, then you go. Paul is talking about his conversion. How do you do that? The word of God is repentance toward God and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how changes happen. My friend, you cannot be changed without repentance. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. There is no other way to be transformed except you go to God and repent of your sin. And wow, change will happen. It's not a magic. This is the truth. And you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. There is no other way. This is not an old-fashioned thing. This is the eternal truth that people have experienced over thousands of years. And how it has changed their life. Convert me first. That's what you read in the Great Omission by Dallas Willard. Convert me first, not the church, not the organization. Not my brother, not my sister, not my husband, not my wife. Convert me first. Then change will happen. Are you with me? Yeah, so if you are going to choose living over existing, you have to repent your sin. You have to repent from the way of life. What is repentance again, my friends? Do you remember? So repentance means to get on the path that God has chosen, right? So you immediately get on the path if you're off the rail. And go repent. And walk along. Immediately get in the light. That's repentance. So, no change without repentance. No change without believing in the Son of God. So, conversion before becoming disciple. How can I choose living? Over existing, you choose to repent and believe. Then you'll start living, not just existing. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so I may find my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The next thing is, in order to live, Now, as you go, in order to live, what do you need? Let's say, for example, what do you need in order to live? Do you need food? Yes, right? You need clothes? Yes. You need a house? You need water, right? What are these things? These things are assistance. You need an assistance to to survive, to sustain. So this is called the condition. As you go, you need a condition to live. These are the condition, basic needs that you need. Okay? So conversion and condition. The condition to go. There is one condition. On the condition as you go. That. What is that condition? That you will receive the Holy Spirit. That's the condition. As you go on the condition that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. As you go as a disciple. Then you will start living. How do you start living? Because when you are converted, the Holy Spirit comes in you. 
And when the Holy Spirit comes, what does He come? This is the assistance, right? He gives with the gifts. He helps you. He comforts you. And He teaches you how to live. Every day, He teaches you how to teach other people. That's the condition. That's your assistance, your daily assistance that you need. That's the Holy Spirit who brings food, clothes, shelter, water for you. So on that condition, you will go. You cannot go without that condition. Acts chapter 1, 7 and 8. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be filled with... Well, you will be filled with power, yes. Power, come on. Come on, yes. Well, the thing is, the thing is, the Holy Spirit is the person that you hardly, hardly get to connect with. This is the power you hardly get to use. This is the most unused, untapped, power in the church oh what a tragedy what a tragedy it is that the power of the holy spirit is available to us 24 7 and this is the power you hardly use to live your life isn't that a tragedy isn't that a tragedy it is yes how do we live without him How are we going to choose living without Him? You know why? It's because we don't have Him that we merely exist. The condition to go as a disciple is for the Holy Spirit to empower you to become the person that God intended you to be so you can have a God-intended impact. That's it. I'm so excited today. You know why? Because the Spirit is going to stir you up today. At the end of the sermon, we're going to have a rededication. We're going to pray for you. You're going to walk forward here because the Spirit of the Lord is going to prompt you. We are not praying because you're a bad person. No. We're not praying because you made some mistakes. No. But... For me, I'm not embarrassed. I'm a sinner. I said it, right? I stand here with full faith in the Lord that He forgive my sins. But my intention is very clear. I love the Lord. I love His commission. I love His commandment. I'm sold out to everything that the Lord Jesus said to me. And I will obey humbly and fearfully. So we're going to make disciples as you go. We're talking about as you go, as you live. How do we live, Right? You need the power of God. You need the touch of God again. You want to remember the first time you give your life to Christ and the first baptism. You want to come back to the Lord and say, God, I've lost my way. I've forgotten why you called me. But here am I again. I'm going to come here. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. There will be leaders here. Our worship leader has already prepared wonderful song to minister to you. And the Holy Spirit is going to come with a compassionate heart and make your life beautiful. That's what's going to happen today. Oh, so excited. I'm so excited. This is what happened when I was praying with Sharon. In, in the, uh, for no reason, the Spirit of the Lord welled up my spirit. And I was crying. And we looked at each other and said to Sharon, Sharon, something's happening. This Sunday is going to be powerful. The Spirit of the Lord is going to visit each person personally. So get out of the way. 
And let the Holy Spirit do His work. Yeah? You ready for that? Yes, yes. Yes. So, I have carried no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourself know that these hands have prov- provided for my necessities. And for those who are with me, I've shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the word of the Lord that He said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. We are talking about how as we go, how do we live? So conversion changes. There is a condition to go. The condition to go is that you go in the mighty power of the Holy Spirit to do what? So there is a contribution. There is a contribution. What is that contribution? Contribution means you are making effect, impact on the people, on the surrounding, on the world that you live in. Right? Okay. So... I was listening to uh, Rabbi Friedman, uh, and uh, he was talking about that the uh, the Jewish people, uh, why they survive despite all the attempt from different civilization to to destroy them, annihilate them. Do you know why they survive? It's because they are busy living. They are busy living. They are not just existing. I was listening to him. And all of us that exist, we take up space. Right? All of us that exist, you take up space. You're taking up space here. Um, My mind is occupied. It takes up space. My heart is full. Takes up space. And your physical body. That's the reason why when somebody sat on the chair, you were annoyed because that was your space. Yes. You know, you just walk by looking like this. (laughs) It's very annoying when people come into your space. Right? Especially when you're married, first time or some time. Right? When you share, you had to share space with your wife. And on the bed, at night, sometimes you have been sleeping for 30 years, 20 years alone. And suddenly there's somebody, there is... a. You know, and you bump, it's very annoying. Why are you in my space? <laughs> right? Come on, get out of my space, don't you? You're right? I don't know. I'm just talking about myself. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about you guys, right? But, yeah, but my wives get in my space, and uh, when people get in the space, it can be annoying. It's very annoying, in fact. You don't want people in, to be in your space. You know why? Because you're existing. When you just exist, And people come in your space, you don't like that. You don't like that. You don't like other people to come in your space. You don't like other people of other race to come in your space. You like your comfort zone, right? You like the people that talk the same language, that eat the same food. You just love that. And when other people from different uh, taste and different flavor, different language, different ethnicity come in your space, you don't like that. That is annoying. That is annoying. You merely exist to guard your space. But what do you do when you're living? You're excited when some flavor comes in. Different flavor. Oh, I love that flavor. It is hot, hot, hot. Right? Different flavors, different language. They come in. And then you enlarge your heart, you enlarge your territory, and you see suddenly now in your space, 
There are different kinds of people that only you can impact, and God send you those people in your space and no one else. The people that are in your space right now, there is a reason why they are there. Because God knows you're the only one that can impact them. That's why they are all in your space. There. So if you start living, you'll be excited about God-given opportunities and God-given possibilities. But if you're not with the Spirit, because if your, condition, your contribution is not going to impact people's life, then existing, existence can be pretty depressing. You may have lots of money, cars, wealth, house. You're just existing, and it can be pretty depressing. See? So, conversion, condition, contribution that you directly impact the people, the surrounding, and the world that you live in as you go. Choosing, living, over, existing. Are you with me, guys? Yeah? Yes, yes, yes. So, let's see. Let's see people that have started choosing uh, living. I'm going to ask Jairo, Melanie, Dwayne to come up here. Yes. Uh, give them a hand as they come up here. Yes. And come and, come and, come and sit with me. So, Jairo, uh, Dwayne, as we started this series on making disciples, um, you are uh, you are an engineer, right? But God has given you another gift, and we, as we talk about you, you said, you know, I have a heart for young people, and music is my gift, and uh, God has inspired you. So, share what is in your heart. So, I believe that uh, there are several reasons to start doing something. And my favorite one is when you start doing something by a dream, right? And uh, when I was young, the guys on the band used to make some workshops showing what you can do with a guitar, a bass, and with a drum, and everything. Uh, so I start dreaming, oh, I'd like to play a guitar, right? And when I started playing the guitar, I noticed that it was uh, some w good way to connect with God, right? And it was so important to me. So uh, after this series, I noticed that the guys were not only playing on the band, they were making disciples, right? They... Uh, they play in the band, but they also were giving us a dream, right? And so what, I, what I'd like to, to do is keep this, uh, uh, this work as a disciple and make more disciples, right? Uh, show people that they can play an instrument and they can connect with God by playing some instrument, uh, so 
I work the whole week and it's a very hard job and you know it's very stressful but when I'm I'm upset I play a little bit and I connect with God and I you know I'm full with hope again so I feel happy again so that's why I'd like to share with people and make them happy so you want to start a music group in the next life group is that what you're sharing right Yes, I'd like to to with uh, to gather some some musicians and start some workshops, you know, some demonstrations, and uh, try to bring more youth, not only from the church but from the neighborhood. Try to uh, put this dream on their lives and this blessing on their lives. That's the uh, musician life. Amen. We will pray for him, right? Yes. <clears throat> so I think in the second of the series, I think uh, Melanie, you came up to me and said, Pastor, I want to do something as a disciple of Christ. And you said you were involved in recovery ministry. So can you share that with us? So in my former career as being a drug and alcohol counselor, what I found that is really difficult for people is being set apart as being those and them instead of feeling a part of. This church and the dynamic of our pastor as well as the, the rest of us members here is a great place to have a recovery ministry. That's not separating people from them and those. That's making them feel a part of, but a place where you can go and open up and someone understands where you've been, what you're struggling with, and where you want to go, which at the end of it is to see that your addictions, whatever they were, drugs, alcohol, whatever, was not your problem. The problem was that was a crutch mechanism you were using to cover up what your real issues were. And I really see this as a great place to start a recovery ministry. I'm very passionate about it, so I'm going to stop soon because I could keep going and going and going. But I do really feel like that's something that would be a very good thing to have here because you feel ostracized, you feel separated, you don't feel a part of, and you feel that's a piece of you I can't share with anyone else. I don't want them to look at me and say, oh, you're one of those people. I just want to be looked at as a child of God because everyone in here, myself included, we have issues and things we're struggling with that no one but God knows about. That would be a place where those people can come and say, I can lay that here, it stays here, and I know I'm loved and not judged. So Amen. that's what I wanted to do. Amen. Amen. Now, Dwayne, you had a major breakthrough during this uh, Making Disciples series. Uh, series. Share what the, the Lord's been working and telling you. Okay. Um, uh, usually in the afternoons, I, I take walks in uh, Central Park. And uh, we were on this series... Um, uh, using the book The Great Omission by Dallas Willard and I took it with me and I was reading it you know and, and in the very first part of the book it talks about the, uh, explains the great om omission and that is that we we as a church and, and uh, uh, Christians weren't practicing what Jesus, uh, the great omission, the great commission was to go out and make disciples. <clears throat> and you know, uh, the, the thought came to me that you know, from the very beginning, Pastor Valui has been preaching that. And I, I thought about it, and I 
I said, you know, that that's something that I need to do. And um, but I was asking myself, what can I do? I have this this uh, problem that I've been dealing with since Vietnam, and I have PTSD. And um, two of the symptoms is uh, alcoholism and uh, uh, interpersonal relationships with people. And I have this, like this bubble that I that I've built around myself, and I, I am, I keep people at arm's length, and so you know, I, I was asking God, what could I do, and He, He, reminded me that, um, how I became a Christian, and um, that was that someone gave me a Bible. And um, it was the King James Version, you know, the easiest one to read. Okay, yes. <laughs> and so I decided that I was going to read the Bible, from, you know, from front cover to back. And I proceeded to do that. But I remember, I can still picture myself in the living room on the couch with the Bible in my hand, but in front of me was... Um, a bottle of wine, you know, one of those big jugs that, that had the ring that you could carry around, and yes, a, yes, a glass I know, of, I know, I know. <laughs> no, <not> even, <laughs> and a glass glass of water, you know, tall glass of water filled with wine. So I'm drinking this wine and and uh, reading the Bible. Well, before I finished the Bible, I had stopped drinking for the first time. Yes. I stopped smoking, and that, and that's stopped smoking cigarettes and the other stuff too. Uh, so you know, it it was it was I was inspired that to um, start a, a group that its purpose is to just read the Bible from from uh, Matthew to the end of the, to Revelation. So that that's what I want to do. All right. Yes, give them a big hand. Thank you. Yes. So, so you can see how God is speaking uh, to different people for different things. One is a musician, work with young people outside the church, inspire them, give them a dream and a hope. Uh, people that you can read the Bible and God can change your life. You may be an alcoholic, a drug addict, read the Bible. Before you finish the Bible, you never know. God will change you. And then the recovery ministry, right? We're going to ask the worship team to come up. Um, so we look at the contribution as a disciple. That's what they want to do. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Choosing to live as a disciple. When you choose to live as a disciple, people look at you and they are attracted. And they long for what you have in your life. And they say, I want to have that. Right? They long to have what you have. And they want to choose life. And you're teaching other people how to choose life. How to have an abundant life that Jesus has promised. 
And you can have that by having the Son of God, the Holy Spirit within you. How do you start that? Repentance, believing, changing yourself. So you choose living over mere existence and having a God-intended impact on the people that are in your space, in your surrounding, and in the world that you are connected to. Wouldn't you like to live? Aren't you tired of just existing? I mean, wouldn't you like to live the life that God invites you? So I want you to do that. This is a preparation for things to come. This is, we are preparing for an explosive 2019 church. Continue this momentum and walk with the Holy Spirit. Because January is the 31 days of prayer and fasting. Why do we do that? Because in solitude, in silence, we want to hear God and clear the noises. How are we going to do this? People who can fast will fast and pray for 31 days. People who cannot fast for various reasons, you pray for 31 days. Right? The method will be Daniel's fast. I'm going to write this up in the newsletter so you can read it and how to do it. But two things, fast and pray for 31 days. Those who cannot fast, you just pray for 31 days. Church-wide. Are you with me? Yes. Yes, yes. So, so choosing to live as a disciple. And if we have forgotten, if we have strayed, uh, if we need more strength, and say, Lord, I'm new to this. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to go and step into the Great Commission with faith. It's going to be rededication time. Can we all stand? And as the worship minister lead, rededication time. And people will come forward and we'll pray for them.